Shall we pray? Father, we're grateful for today. We're grateful that you have called us into this place, mighty God, to learn from you and from your word. We pray that, mighty God, you shall inform us, you shall reform us, and that, mighty God, you shall lead us to places that you want us to, to work on, almighty God, in Jesus' name. We pray, mighty God, that as we learn from your word, almighty God, all glory returns to you, in that, mighty God, at the end of it all, we shall be a people that will look for you, seek you, almighty God, in all our ways, in Jesus' mighty name. May you, who is holy, who is worth all the honor, the praise, and the adoration, receive glory today and forevermore. Amen. Shall we turn our Bibles to the book of Galatians? Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter number 4. If you are there, say amen. amen. Galatians chapter number 4, verse 1 to 7. I'm reading from the ESV. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the debt set by his father. In the same way, we also... When we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness, the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I'll read again. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the debt set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Amen. I want to state that our identity in God is most often, is most often a determinant of how we posture ourselves in life. It is also a determinant on how we position ourselves on certain matters. How we perceive ourselves, our identity, influences how we live and how we view the world. And Apostle Paul is 
writing to the Galatians in this episode, trying to remind them of who they are, because there were a lot of things that were happening in this church. Firstly, this episode is written to counter those that were arguing that for a person to be accepted by God, they have to be circumcised. Amen. And you can find that uh, with, uh, in chapter number 6, this 11 to 18. Let us go there. See with what letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. He's telling them that even those who want them to be circumcised do not themselves fulfill the law, but they are placing painful burdens upon the Gentiles who had believed in Christ. Amen. And so the, the matter of the epistle is that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus. It was very possible for the Gentiles, who had thought of themselves as being very far away from the commonwealth of Israel, to think of themselves as worthless in the sight of the Jews. These people had the privilege of the, receiving the law from Moses and being called a chosen nation. And so, for others to, to, to join them, they had to place a lot of painful baggages upon them. And yet, salvation was only in Christ and by faith alone in Christ. Brothers and sisters, to counter this, Paul first begins by defending his apostolic authority. Then he defends that all believers, including Gentiles, enjoy complete salvation in Christ Jesus. Then he defends that the gospel leads to freedom and godliness, and that the law only brings people to imprisonment. And it is in this that the Apostle Paul makes it clear that it's only the gospel of God, believing in the gospel of God in Christ Jesus, that a person is freed from sin. And that we are freed not because God wants to enslave us to the law, but is giving us freedom from the law and all its, its baggages as well. Brothers and sisters, the burial, the death, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has reconciled us to God. The death of Christ Jesus is what has reconciled us to God. We have died with Christ and we have risen with Christ. And because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, we have an identity in Christ. And continuing talking on the, on the subject of identity, to, today we are looking at the theme, sons and heirs of God. 
sons and heirs of God. My argument, brothers and sisters, this morning is that we are sons and heirs of God. And this has certain implications on our identity as believers. Hallelujah. Amen. To begin with, the first implication, we have received because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, our identity as sons who have been adopted by God. We have received adoption as sons. You can come with me to the passage of scripture that we're focusing on. That's number four. Chapter number four, this, this number four. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. <clears throat> he first gives an analogy of a child. He's saying, no matter how that child is a, a child of the family or the child of the house, as long as the child has remained in ignorance of who he is, he will remain like a slave. It is the maid, it is the guardian, the steward, who will decide what the child has to eat. Because why? The child doesn't think for themselves. The child is almost like a slave because they don't know what belongs to them and what does not. And it brings that to us as believers, saying that even us as believers covered by the ignorance of worshipping idols and being in the, as outcasts from the presence of God, we are imprisoned by the law. We were made to be like slaves, slaves to sin, slaves to the elementary principles of the world. Because why? We did not discover our identity. Our identity was only restored when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the Bible says, by implication of his death, his burial, his resurrection, the gospel which comes to transform us, we have been restored as sons adopted by God. So we are no longer outcasts in the presence of God. We are children of God. Ladies, don't mistake the word son as excluding ladies from the commonwealth of God. Actually, the word son, if you research in the Greek, it actually also means child. And so everyone is included, be it a woman, be it a man, be it a boy, be it a girl. We are included so long we believe in Christ Jesus who died for us. This number four actually puts it clearly. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Hallelujah. Amen. He sent forth his son, born of the woman, in the same circumstances that we are born in born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And when you look at this book, actually, it gives us certain things, certain things that were happening. These people that he's talking to are actually self-believers. Amen. Amen. These are believers. And the Jews come and confuse them with the law, saying, you can't be accepted before God because you still have a skin. You still haven't followed this law and this principle and there is still this festival that you need to observe. But the Bible is very clear. Salvation is not by the working of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus. And as many as they that have accepted Christ, they have received the right to become the sons of God. Children 
of the Most High God. We have the right to the presence of God. We have the right to claim sonship before God. And as members of the house of God, we are not excluded. And therefore, there is no social structure that has been created to exclude anyone from the presence of God as long as they have received Christ Jesus and Lord, as Lord and Savior. And therefore, because of what Christ has done, because of the mission of God that was, was in Christ Jesus, reconciling men to himself, today we are assured of our sonship. Amen. We are children of God. And as children of God, beneficiaries of everything in the house of God. Amen. Amen. What a privilege we have to be called sons of God, children of the Most High God, children who own everything. And this analogy is quite clear even in the same chapter as well. He said, as long as you did know that you are a son or a daughter of God, you'd still be afflicted by the servants and the managers and all those. Even if the, the porridge being prepared has no salt, you have to eat because you don't know who you are. You don't know that the sugar belongs to you. How often have we been abused by Satan because we don't know who we are? How often have we been afflicted by the same things that afflict worldly people because we don't know who we are? Sometimes we go through the same addictions that people of the world go through because we don't know who we are. And sometimes we struggle with things that we're not even supposed to struggle with because we have not known who we are. When we have known that our identity in Christ is sonship, daughtership if there's such English, then we will be able to stand in whatever situation knowing that we are children of God, knowing that we are a responsibility of God. To be a son simply means to be a responsibility of the father and the mother. To be a child simply means you, are, you have been born by somebody older than you who is going to be able to take care of you in the normal sense. When we became children of God, brothers and sisters, we became the responsibility of God. God sees our welfare. Today we may be struggling with a lot of things in this place. We may be faced with a lot of obstacles in this place. But God is the one who sees our welfare. It is God who takes care of us, and we have access to everything that is in the house of God. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying that someone should go and take a keyboard from church. What I'm saying is that all the blessings <laughs> that God has prepared for those who are his children, we have access to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The second implication is that we have access to the Father. Turn with me to verse number 6. It says, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of sonship into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. A similar thing, brothers and sisters, is also proclaimed in Romans, that we have received a spirit not of fear, but of our adoption as sons, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It is because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross of Calvary, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that we are today able to access the throne room of God. A long time ago, brothers and sisters, if you read in the, in the Old Testament and in the book of Hebrews, you realize that nobody 
except a priest, one priest who was prepared for the rest of his whole life, was capable of entering the Holy of Holies. Because why? Sin had hindered us from accessing God. And so there had to be one person to sacrifice for the whole community of Israel to plead on behalf of others because they were viewed as sinful and they could not enter the presence of God. And supposing that priest himself was a sinner with unconfessed sins, he died because God is too holy to associate with sin. But because of the death of Christ, the one whom the passage says God sent forth at the right time, because of Christ Jesus, today we have access to the Father even through the blood of Christ. Last time I was preaching from Ephesians chapter number, chapter number 2, verse 13 to 18. And you realize that we are outside the commonwealth of Israel because of our sin. But because of what Christ did, the blood of Jesus Christ, an access to God was made, breaking down the hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. And today we are all sons and daughters of God and we have access to God the Father. And through the priesthood of Christ, we are able to bring all our petitions, our supplications to God who hears us. Today, we stand in the face of God as his children, having access to God. What a privilege, brothers and sisters, that we can come to God and be able to be freely, to freely present ourselves before him. To freely, without hiding, without fearing death, come before God and talk to our Father. Having access to the most holy God, the most high, the holy, holy, holy God. It is a privilege not to be under, undermined. What Jesus has done on the cross, and by virtue of our identity with what Jesus has done, has given us access to the Father. We can have confidence in this place. There are times when we won't understand life. There are times when we even feel your sin has caused you or has caused us to fail. And sometimes even when, when we have done something wrong, we fear coming to the to, for prayers, we fear going to church, we fear uh, being around people who are believers because we feel we are condemned and all those things. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, even when we have done something wrong, we are free to come before the Holy God and be able to present our case before him. Why? Because our righteousness is not of our own. It's a righteousness by faith in Christ Jesus. God has made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. Because of what Jesus has done, we stand before God as perfect beings because he no longer sees our imperfection but only the sacrifice of his son for us. Our sins have been taken away. Our sins have been rolled away. And today, we are able to stand before God. A holy God, whom the priest had to sacrifice for. We don't need to make any sacrifice, but the sacrifice that he made already for us. We have access to God. Amen. Amen. We are accepted by God. And therefore, we proclaim him as our father. We have access. We have been accepted. None of us is rejected before God when we come to him. Amen. Amen. And in the same vein, brothers and sisters, how can he 
who did not spare his son, not graciously give us all things that we desire. When we come in his presence with all our needs and our, our desires before our father, how can he spare us anything that we ask when he did not spare to give us his only son? By implication of this sonship, this access to God, we can ask anything before God and will be given. Because we are no longer outcasts, we are sons. We are no longer closed out. We have access to the throne room of God. Amen. Amen. The third and final implication is that we are affirmed as heirs of God. We are affirmed as heirs of God. Allow me to explain a little bit about the heirship in the ancient Near East traditions. When you look at a heir in the Israeli families, you realize that it was not just a privilege given to sons, but a pledge of the father that his children would inherit whatever he has inherited also from his father. So by virtue of being a heir, you have access to all that your father has. And that's why when you look at the core of Abraham, you realize so much he had to lose for him to move away from his father's house. He had to lose so much because it meant that he was the one who was positioned to have access to all these things that the father was going to leave out as inheritance. In other words, to be a heir of God, it means that God has made a pledge to supply all that belongs to his sons. The inheritance of God, God has pledged it to you as a son or daughter. It is not a simple thing to become a heir. We who were considered outcasts now are called heirs of God. God pledging inheritance to us. This is not an easy thing. So when you understand that we have been affirmed as a heir of God, certain things in life, you begin to look at them very differently. How can we who are outcasts today be considered as heirs of God. It's a privilege. But it's also a right that we have in Christ Jesus. And this inheritance, it is Christ who qualifies us for inheritance. Let's turn to chapter number 3, verse 27 and 29. The Bible reads, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to promise. It's God making a promise. The promises that God has made to his children, the descendants of Abraham, we, the spiritual descendants of Abraham, also have access to those privileges. It's no longer exclusive right for Israelite people. But all of us are affirmed heirs of God as long as we have acknowledged and have been baptized into Christ. Also, brothers and sisters, it is Christ who gives us freedom of sonship and inheritance. Verse number 7 of chapter number 4 says, So you are no longer a slave, in other words, you have been freed, but a son, and if a son, then a heir through God. No longer a slave. A slave means that we are bound as he has already said, we are, we, are, we are bound to the elementary principles of the world, trying to be something but not being anything at all. 
we were bound, afflicted, but because of what Christ has done on the cross, today we have freedom, and that freedom has led us to inheritance as sons and daughters of God. And therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an affirmation, an acceptance, and an approval to our inheritance in God. Amen. We have access to all that God has for us. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 3 to 11, talks about how God had predestined us to be in conformity to Christ Jesus, and that we have the fullness of all spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. So we are not people seeking blessings anymore. Because we are in Christ, we have the fullness of all spiritual blessings, heirs of God according to the promise of God. What things do we lack? What things do we look for in life? As beneficiaries of the house of God, we have been affirmed heirs to all the blessings that God has for us. Amen. So I want to state, brothers and sisters, that when we have done a wrong, we shouldn't feel as though God has rejected us. For there is therefore no condemnation for, to those who are in Christ Jesus. We are not rejected. We are accepted. We have not been abandoned. We have been embraced. We are no longer slaves. We are sons. And because of this, we must have a free access to the Father. Not only free in terms of the Father has accepted us, but also be free from a conscious, a guilty conscious, because we know our sin has been taken away by Christ. We are no longer victims, slaves to sin. We have received freedom in Christ Jesus. And because of the suffering and death of Christ Jesus, we have received adoption as children of God. Therefore, we own everything in God's estate. Because of what Jesus has done in his death, we have access to the Father, therefore accepted before and by God. And because of what Christ has done, we are affirmed heirs of God, therefore have the right and privilege to all that God has kept for his children. All that we seek, God has given by the death of his son. So I pray that as we are trying to construct our own identity, we realize also the implications of our identity. We are sons. We have access to God. And we are firm heirs of God. May God bless you all. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We bless you and bless your holy name. Thank you for the realization that we are sons and daughters of God. Thank you, mighty God, that through the death of your Son, you have granted access to our Lord Jesus Christ for us all who have believed upon him. For as many as have been baptized into Christ, these, almighty God, you have chosen and have declared heirs according to the promise. Thank you, mighty God, that you have affirmed us to be heirs. And mighty God, we pray that may you make us realize what that means, O Lord Almighty. As we are here, mighty God, we receive all the fullness of our spiritual blessings and all that you have packaged for your sons and daughters. We pray, mighty God, that may you who has called us to be sons and daughters also see us through in all things that we go through in life. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.